Slow fashion. You've probably heard this term, but ever wondered what it really means? Welcome to this episode of Talking Pretty, where we're talking to Pooja Mishra, who's a corporate trainer by day and a slow fashion campaigner, social media creator, and mindful lifestyle blogger by Moonlight. Pooja is the global community lead for the slow fashion movement and is the force behind their robust outreach program. She is also an ambassador for Remake, the global community advocating for gender and environmental justice in the fashion industry. Through her work in advocacy and activism with the slow fashion movement and with Remake, Pooja has worked on several campaigns including Sign the Accord through which Remake have been exerting pressure on major fashion brands like Levi's who've refused to sign the international accord for health and safety of garment workers. On Instagram, Pooja goes by the handle Pooja and Vogue which is also the name of her personal blog and translates to Pooja in style. So without much ado, let's get Pooja on. Hi Pooja. Hello Prerna. Welcome to Talking Pretty. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. I'm very, very excited about this conversation because, um, you know, uh, I think there is a lot for um, all our audiences to learn from your personal journey, um, apart from your activism, of course, which is truly inspiring. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Thank you for uh, joining us. Pooja, let's start by talking about your own style and your own journey. So you're now the community lead for the Global Ambassador Program for the Slow Fashion Movement. This is like, you know, an entire 180 degree turn. Uh, tell us about how that happened. Absolutely. Thank you, Prerna. I think this is a great question to start with because uh, everybody's journey is very unique and that definitely defines us as not just an individual, but as a community at large. So um, I would say that it started a few years back. There were a few trigger points. So it's not like an overnight uh, transformation that an individual goes through. Okay, I need to save the planet. I need to talk about the garment workers. So let me become a slow fashionista. It doesn't work that way, you know. So when I was shifting from the New Delhi city, the capital city of India to Mumbai, um, me alone had 13 cartons of clothes, Okay. And thirteen cartons of clothes while shifting from one city to another, um, you can imagine the amount of uh, you know purchasing, the buying of clothes that I probably did not even need, uh, but just wanted to have them uh, for the sake of trend, for the sake of attending parties and not repeating clothes, for whatever rhyme or reason, Freyna. So that was one moment when I felt that you know what I think too much also feel that my my journey of you know switching from fast fashion to slow fashion as a consumer um, is also because of another moment where I feel that you know I felt there was a psychological aspect to it I felt that uh, okay so if I'm having a bad day at work I would just have this urge of going online and buying something for myself if I have a you know uh, fight with my spouse I would like to, oh let me go shopping it would just make me feel good you know and somehow down the line, I did realize somewhere that, you know, this is not really giving me happiness for a, for a long time. I mean, it's just a momentary thing. Maybe I'm liking the feeling of having something new in my wardrobe for one or two days. But again, I used to go back to that uh, anxious, depressive mood, uh, mood. And I think that is where I also realized that 
no, this is not really a mechanism that is helping me. Um, that is actually the time frame now when I uh, came across Low Fashion Season, um, which was a campaign, a 90 days fashion detox campaign, uh, which is the flagship campaign by Slow Fashion Movement. And I just, to be honest, very, I was, I was literally laughing at myself when I said, let me sign up for this. So basically the campaign meant that for 90 days, we would not buy anything new. So I was like, look, Pooja, you cannot do this, but let's try. So I just signed up for that. <laughs> and is, I think, Prena, yeah. that those 90 days trans, transported me to a different world. Because it was not just about me signing up for not buying new clothes, but constantly during those 90 days, this particular platform, the slow fashion movement, was constantly sharing stories, uh, content, uh, videos about slow fashion. And then I got to understand what exactly slow fashion is and how my impulsive purchasing behavior, but it's not just impacting me, but the planet, the climate, the people in different parts of my own country, you know. So that is, I think, and that was in 2019 uh, when I signed up for slow fashion season for the first time. And it has changed my life. It has never been looking back, you know. So, yeah. Wow. So uh, tell me, Pooja, when you, um, you mentioned that you would buy, you know, to, uh, to uplift your mood. Um, when you stopped buying... Did you feel like a withdrawal or something or, you know, or did you have to like turn to something else to uh, make up for what shopping gave you back then? You know, I think uh, by answering this question of yours, Prina, I want to give also a suggestion to anybody who wants to do a switch. So yeah. it's never a black and white. There is always a gray area. So if today I'm buying a fast fashion brand and I uh, take a call today in the evening that from tomorrow, I will be a slow fashion consumer. It doesn't work that way. There is this mm. uh, period of time where you are trial, you're doing the trial and error, you're learning and unlearning. Um, that is the time when I read books, I watched documentaries, I was consuming a lot of slow, uh, you know, social media content uh, about sustainability and ethical fashion. And I think um, that helped me a lot. That helped me. Um, so as a slow fashion season uh, participant, uh, the clause was not to buy new clothes. Yes. But if you yes. want to really buy something that you need, you could go for thrifting. You could go for vintage options. You could go for free love, you know, or maybe you could just swap from your friend or rent or borrow. So it was during that time that I realized that, you know, I can still be fashionable. I can still be in trend while borrowing clothes from my sister's closet or, you know, uh, to experimenting with a hands me down sari, mm. which is more than 40 years old from my mother's mm. wardrobe so all of that is no mm. fashion is what i got to know later much later in my life um, and i'm very glad that it happened um puja uh, just to kind of elaborate a little for our audiences who may not be familiar with the term um could you like explain um the idea of slow fashion certainly prerna i think it is an undeniable fact that the entirety of the concept, or let's let's say the debate over fast fashion and slow fashion is so overwhelming. Slow fashion is, you know, as the term suggests, fashion being slow. So uh, if, if, you know, our audience is listening to this, to understand the basic question of what is slow fashion, I would like to define what is fast fashion. <laughs> so uh, when fashion is like, where a flow, the piece of, of course. has a very fast paced life cycle, 
from conceptualization to designing to procurement of raw material, you know, the sourcing of the material which is used to make that garment, to production, to racking, to sale, to consumption and disposal. This whole life cycle, if this is at fast pace, that is fast fashion. And exactly opposite of that is slow fashion. So it's it's more about, you know, I think uh, I would love to quote Ursula de Castro, who is one of the founder of uh, Fashion Revolution. Of course. That the threads yes. that bind us are in our clothing and everything we wear has a story. And we can choose whether to change that story Absolutely. as we wear them or not. So I think fashion or let's say our choice of clothes are not just about expression, our personality, our outer side. It also says a lot about our inner self, our inner world, you know. And if we are consuming something slowly, let's say going for slow fashion, it shows the amount of value, the amount of love and respect that we are giving to our own choice of fashion. So that's what slow fashion is. Right. You quoted Ursula de Castro and um, I'm going to pick up from there because she's also a stunt believer of the fact that there is no, um, you know, eco-friendly fashion without human rights and workers' rights. Um, you, Pooja, were very, very actively involved in the uh, Sign the Accord campaign by Remake, um, where they're trying to get Levi's to sign the international um, accord for health and, worker, health and safety uh, of garment workers. Um, how effective do you think such campaigns really are? Uh, you know, I think the effectiveness or the efficiency of these kind of campaigns really uh, define a different aspect of consumerism. So the reason why I was actively involved was because I felt for it. I had this empathy for the garment workers. So very unfortunately, I would like to share on this episode of your podcast that recently we got on that four garment workers from Pakistan, um, they died recently in the month of December um, in the Levi's uh, factory. These garment workers were about in their 30s and one of them was even a 19-year-old kid, a teenager. 19-year-old, yes. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and the fact that they died because of the poisonous gas leakage in the factory. Now, it is as basic as, you know, um, garment workers not getting sanitary break garment workers working for more than 17 hours at a stretch, garment workers who are not earning the basic living wage to meet their everyday livelihood, garment workers who are subjected to very detrimental and uh, uh, very ill uh, weather when it comes to the factories that you're working in. All of this is something I am very passionate about and I wanted to voice that and being part of Remake as an ambassador and uh, you know being actively involved uh, really defined my own journey and how I see this connotation of ethical fashion, you know, Prerna. Because I believe that uh, every individual in this whole uh, campaign really makes a lot of difference. Um, and I, I did see that when I was speaking with the Levi's managers, the store managers in Mumbai location in India. Um, I saw that there were hmm. so many of them who were not even aware that the garment workers who are making those, uh, you know, garments of device banner are not being paid well. They mm. are, you know, working in such such a bad condition, working condition, uh, whereas they themselves right. are in the mall, they are in stores, which is centrally air-conditioned, 
they have fire extinguishers just behind the store they have this amazing five star rated cafeteria within the mall where they can just go and munch in their lunch and everything whereas garment workers don't get even a quarter let's say i mean not even 0.1% of that so it's important for us to educate inform and tell people only then we can create impact and i think these kind of campaigns as simple as asking brands to sign an accord that could help uh, regulate safeguard the garment workers across the world is so so imperative absolutely uh, but you know what puja um, this brings me to a very very important thing that you know that has been bothering me for a very long time um you know a lot of people shy away from activism because they don't want trouble in their lives you know um i mean i have been told by people when i've posted something on pretty as you please um on our page talking about this in fact even when we put out the levi story um a lot of people well wishers well uh, came to me and said that you know are you sure you want to do something you want to take on somebody like levi's what if they sue you what if this happens so people don't want trouble um and as someone who's been actively involved in multiple campaigns would you say this is a legit concern or is it like literally just the privilege of you know the upper middle class a political indian uh you know who wants to who's got the privilege to not have to get involved you know in these kind of things um is is that is it the privilege talking great question again prerna for me activism is as simple as having an opinion and standing by it i agree activism could be a person who is sitting in one place of the world trying to change the entire ecosystem of the world of the planet or trying to impact the garment working system in another part of the world so being in mumbai in india sitting in my living room with a device and an internet connection can also make me an activist a person who is carrying a banner or a placard and standing outside the store of levis is also an activist a person who is speaking to the store managers employees informing them about what's right and what's happening in reality in actuality is also activism you know so i think the term itself has been so overrated many people feel scared of it they really think you know activism is about screaming on top of their voice um, like you know i mean our country itself going to rallies so, yeah our country has been so known for um, you know a certain type of activism which is always politicized and when we, anything goes political hmm. we feel scared because you know we many a times many people are not very sure or not very certain about expressing their their political view um i think it is not necessary hmm. for us to politicize everything if i believe in something and if i want to stand for it i can do that even without carrying a banner and standing outside a, an office or a store and speaking my mind but uh, to that to that effect i would say puja that this is also political right i mean this is this is our politics yours and mine you know uh, talking about uh, worker safety and uh, ensuring that it is i mean it is politics uh, you know our beliefs absolutely absolutely preda absolutely and i think you know our whole conversation around sustainable fashion slow fashion ethical fashion is about individual journey it's it, it's uh, a lot about uh, you know how passionate you are and how empathetic you are towards a uh, you know narrative uh, i believe i can be flexible i can travel to a different part of the world to participate in a campaign on the other hand i can also no, stay no, at course. home 365 days and be active each and every day 
posting and creating content and you know uh, initiating campaigns of my own to inform my audience and social media about what's happening mm. in the fashion industry right um puja but tell me has has there ever been some um, an incident let's say where you know you've spoken about a brand and its malpractices so to say and uh, you know you've you've had some kind of a backlash absolutely oh my gosh backlash is a favorite word <laughs> So let me tell you, uh, it has been so many times. It has also also been part in my own family. Like you know, when when we talk about slow fashion, and I tell people that you know what, hey, if you really need something, only then buy it. And if I would go and buy something, which is actually uh, a local business, a small business, or let's say I bought a fabric from Gujarat and gave it to my tailor to stitch it, which I feel is a beautiful way of slow fashion. Uh, I have my family members who told me that, "Hey, you speak about slow fashion. How come you went to the tailor for a kurti?" So mm. the fact that you know the concept of slow fashion is so unclear to so many people, people don't understand that that kurti that I have actually gotten made, I have paid the full due amount to my master ji. Correct. I have customized it as per my own body type. I have invested myself emotionally, not just financially, but emotionally, right? and that is going to keep you attached to that piece of cloth for years to come and most probably i will keep that to give away to my daughter when she grows up she's taller and she would love to wear my clothes well my teenage daughter is already doing so let me tell you side note how so, lovely uh, it's not and and it's not just the family members there are so many people like i i'll tell you during my delhi days i i used to be like you know um i have so many friends beautiful friends um many people have the patience to listen and some are very very judgmental but they are still my friends and i love them many times they misunderstand and they're like look you are wearing the skirt so many times in our parties repeating them what are you trying to prove so here it's as simple as normalizing the concept of repeating clothes yeah yeah, yeah. i love it yeah. I, i do have a washing machine and i know how to care for my clothes if it tears i will mend it i will redo it or maybe i will upcycle it in future and that's my relationship with my clothes so it's my personal journey and many a times prayna it is difficult to explain to another person what your journey is and what your relationship is with your clothes so at times uh, it it is because of that reason that people come back to you and you right. take the backlash that you said they question your own opinion right. your own style of living and that's absolutely fine they have the full right to be opinionative i have my full right to speak about my own narrative uh puja tell us about the uh, slow fashion movement uh, which you are so actively involved in uh, just you know to, for to let our audiences know a little more about it certainly prerna slow fashion movement is uh, has become such an integral part of my life that i celebrate it every day every moment <laughs> it has made me realize the power of community you know prerna um so to yeah. give a backdrop of what slow fashion movement is all about it started in the summers of 2018 where few people were sitting around a table and uh, in amsterdam and we just talking about how fashion is affecting the climate and then they thought let's do a challenge on social media and ask people not to buy new clothes for 3 months and that gave shape to slow fashion summer slow fashion summer in 2018 a 90 days fashion detox challenge we saw a huge number of people participating all across uh, amsterdam netherlands and uh, that is one of the reason 
why people who started slow fashion summer thought, why not give it a try? Maybe next time again. And the next year again, it happened. In 2019, we saw huge traction. Be it the COVID, be it whatever the reason for it now. But there was a huge number of people who signed up. What, thousands and thousands of people who signed up for slow fashion season in 2019. I was one of them um, across the world. And that actually made the movement realize that, okay, so till then it was not a movement. It was slow fashion season. Um, so the makers of the slow fashion season realized that, you know what, if one campaign is uh, mobilizing and reaching out to so many people who are you know, resonating with the concept of slow fashion, why not we have multiple campaigns in a year? So let's become a movement. And in 2020, slow fashion season became a slow fashion movement, after which we started doing multiple campaigns like the Know Your campaign. The first year we did Know Your Jeans, where we were talking about denim fabric as a fabric. Uh, for four weeks, we spoke about the life cycle of it. Then we had a flagship campaign, which happens every year, the slow fashion season campaign, where it all started. We also have multiple campaigns like the Cut the Season campaign. We constantly saw that the community was growing immensely, which made us believe that, you know, what we are talking about is really making sense, you know, Prerna. And that is when this year in 2022, we registered ourselves in Netherlands as a nonprofit. But let me tell you, we are a 100% volunteer-led movement. People from all across the world are being, you know, we are the core team members. We are bringing the community to understand, inform, educate people about what exactly slow fashion is. We want uh, change. We want to shift the the behavior of consumption. And for that, we do multiple campaigns, you know. So I think slow fashion movement, uh, if I define it in a way, is, you know, a movement which is here to change the way we consume fashion because we need to realize that there is an impact on the planet, on the environment, on the people. Uh, I want to really appreciate you um, and everybody who is in this landscape because, you know, because of individuals like you and I, this movement is standing so strong, so tall today. We have more than 27 local groups across like 27 countries who are representing us in their location. We have more than 150 ambassadors whom we call the global ambassadors. They're individuals who are eco-designers, sustainable stylists, entrepreneurs, you know, I mean, upcyclists. And it's because of the power of community that slow fashion movement is here to stay. So thank you so much for, you know, this platform where we are able to speak about slow fashion. No, absolutely. I It's an it's an honor to be able to speak to, you know, people such as you, Pooja. It's uh, it's lovely. Um, Pooja, I want to wrap up by talking about your reels. Um, you know, your styling reels are phenomenal. How did that start? That started with huge amount of body shaming, self-shaming. <laughs> Oh, I could how unfortunate, it actually. It, I, you wouldn't believe it. I was one of the most, uh, uh, you know, they call the term photogenic, non-photogenic. So the antonym of photogenic would be the term which was usually used by my cousins for me, to be honest. I still remember how body shamed I was because I was very skinny, you know, in my growing up years. And after mm -hmm. marriage, uh, having kids, you know, you gain weight, hormones and the PCOD happened. So the weight fluctuation has been a constant companion of me. And uh, that is one of the core reasons why I was always very camera conscious. Um, but I also realized that on social media, I love talking about my opinion through pictures. 
um, and I really believe that my fashion styling uh, content is uh, the tool I'm using to send across my message. You know, so many a times I've told in so many interviews that uh, when I'm posting a picture of my OOTD, that's basically not the OOTD post. That's basically please read the caption. There's yeah. a story to tell. Yeah, no. <laughs> and the reel that started was you wouldn't believe it uh, to fight my inhibition with video content. I used to go live with a few of my close friends. And tell them, hey, you know what? Let's plan a live chat on Instagram so that I will be comfortable and confident to start making reels because you know reels are being pushed by Instagram. Right. So it all started that way. <laughs> right. And um, I think with time and practice, it all became very effortless. I believe that when you're comfortable with something, like I'm very comical as a person. Like I talk uh, shit at times. I'm sorry to use that <laughs> word. And I am um, very opinionated as well. So I do share my opinion with lots of comical punchlines, uh, even my real life. And I love dancing. So these are the few things which were my strength. And I thought, why not use that in my content creation in Reels? So I think that is what worked for me, Prerna. But thank you so much for your appreciation. You always encourage me. No, no, absolutely. I love your Reels and I love how, uh, how uh, you know, uh, how you put everything together and uh, you know and you've always been so encouraging of my reels which is uh, which is very very heartening for me who uh, I also struggle with some of these uh, inhibitions to be honest and uh, I mean I sometimes I wonder why but but yeah um, I think uh, I think we've all had, no, Prena, had our share you know of, I think we all probably know the reason why it's just that, you know, yes. for me, as I told you that, you know, I knew my reason why I was, uh, you know, fearful or in the inhibition that I had for con uh, video content was because I always hmm. used to judge my own self because I was constantly judged, you know, throughout my life. I mean, but then I also had my um, share of glamour. So I was a hotelier when I started my career. Um, I was into airlines right. and I got into training. So all of that also added a lot of confidence in my body language. I have been a body language trainer. So all of that, it's right. something like, you know, the doctors are the worst patients. So you know what is right mm. and wrong, but you still feel scared. So that is what it all started. You are, you are very, very kind and generous, uh, Pooja. Um, thank you so much. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your compliments and thank you so much for doing this, uh, doing this for us. No, you're most welcome. The fact that we are able to communicate and uh, inform our audience, even by as simple as staring at the camera and speaking or dancing or making any kind of content, uh, which stands strong and uh, we use the platform responsibly, um, is what matters. And I think um, social media is so, so uh, powerful in today's date and uh, I guess as creators we need to recognize that and be very responsible you know uh, be it uh, speaking to the brands Absolutely. be it speaking to the consumers be it speaking to our own community that we are building um, so yeah I mean let's do this together absolutely absolutely um, thank you so much for doing this Pooja lovely having you thank you thank you for having me here